Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 362. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. And if you're listening to this as we're dropping at 7 a.m., guys, you still have time to run out to the store and get what you got to get. All right? Let me tell you something. If you're one of the guys out there who wait till 7 a.m. on Valentine's Day, I want to know about it. So (laughs) put it in the comments and and let me know later in the day how much much trouble you did or did not get into. Exactly. But anyway, we got a fun show for you guys today. We're going to be talking with Shay Setterfield. He is an expert club fitter at Tremecula Creek Golf Club. Um, Mouthful. Yeah. A mouthful. You gotta love those long Master titles. Club Fitter at Temecula Creek Golf Club. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Love it. And I'll tell you what, I, I always like picking the brain and the experience of different club fitters because um every club fitter is different. Mm-hmm. They approach things differently. We've got some of your questions. Some of you guys had uh posted some of your questions in the Facebook group, which by the way, guys, if you're not already a part of our Facebook group, make sure you join because it's great for instances like this. When we've got guests coming on, we usually will throw that out there in the group so you can ask your questions. Some of you came back with some great club fitting questions. And Mike, I think this is something we should do kind of regularly because there's always so many club fitting questions. I agree. Um, but club fittings, they're becoming more and more popular. And I think that's a great thing for the game of golf. As you'll hear, we'll talk about that in the interview, which we'll cut to here in a second. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's still a lot of things that, that, people need to learn about club fitting there's some intimidation factor or you feel like i'm not ready for a club fitting yet or i don't know what to expect and the truth be told there are a lot of different club fitting experiences like if you go to a uh, a true professional club fitter um and, and get this club you know a very hands-on club fitting experience it is a lot different than oftentimes going to a big box store not always knocking that because i've seen some terrifically experienced club fitters who work at big box stores so i want to put them all in the same bag, so to speak. But there are sometimes there are more of a, uh, it's more of a sales experience, if you know what I mean, sure. than it is a club fitting mm-hmm. experience. And I think sometimes that, although that's becoming less and less frequent, that sometimes leaves a bad taste in some people's mouth and then they don't go for the fitting. But once you've had that experience the, with a really experienced club fitter and you get to leverage their experience and their technology that they use, Mike, it's a game changer. It is. And I'm excited to speak with Shay. I have a question for him. I'm going to talk to him about expectations because we get a lot of DMs, a lot of emails about, hey, I saw you guys get a fitting. I'm going for my first one. What do I expect? Yeah. And we're always answering, we're like joking, like, like, you know, get a lot of rest the night before, you know, whatever. But I want to see like, wh- wh- what's your philosophy, Shay? H- how do you manage expectations? Like Sprecher always manages our expectations. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to be on the tour, but I'm just going to make you, you know, stink a little less. That's what he says. It's a funny <laughs> joke, right. you know, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's good to know that going in because it could be intimidating, especially if it's your first time. Yeah. And right? we've said before how important it is to communicate what you want to get because there's a lot of different things you could try potentially get out of a fitting. You know, is it that you're going for more distance? Do you want something different? Like when I work with Spreck most recently, I told him, hey, listen, distance, that's one thing great. I want consistency. And 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 based on that, he can err on the direction that he takes you with his fitting of saying, you know, we're going to look more at dispersion in these specific spots or consistency might be gapping. Are you inconsistent because you're not gapped correctly between your clothes? So Trust me, if there's one thing that I have learned from club fittings and the ones that I've been on this side of the fence as the player who's getting fit, it's that the 
you really want to have it where you feel like it's a two-way conversation mm-hmm. between you and the fitter, where the fit, where you, the fitter is asking you questions to gain an idea of what you as an individual want to get out of your game, and they're listening to you. That's the really the key. That's it. They're listening to what you're saying. You're out there struggling. Sure, they're gonna, they're 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 professionals. They're gonna see your swing. They're gonna see th- certain things that they can suggest, but they're not with you out there playing you know, 36 holes every weekend. Right. They don't know what you're necessarily mm-hmm. struggling with and what's what kind of you're lamenting with these different areas of your game, which is a little bit better. Express that. And a good fitter will listen and they'll do something with it. I love how we talk about uh, the analogy of buying a suit off the rack. Yeah. You, know, you got a wedding coming up. You're just going to grab that suit off the rack that you think looks good. Yeah, I'll take this. It looks good. Yeah. But there's no performance. You want to <laughs> perform at that wedding, right? You want to look good. You, you want to dance. Perform. You want to feel good. You want to look good. So I love that analogy. So I'm excited to talk to him. There you go. All right. So, um, why don't we let's do our, our Twitter tapping because we want to save some time uh, here so we can make sure we can uh, get you know our interview in with Shay because we've got a lot to talk to him about. Um, so we're gonna do this week's Twitter tapping, guys. If you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you follow us at Golficity so you can be part of the Twitter tapping um, conversation each week. We have a lot of fun in asking these questions and and getting you guys reaction. And uh, actually, appropriate for today, it couldn't right? have been better yeah. timing. This is not planned out, believe it or not. Uh, this week's Twitter tapping, we asked. How often do you purchase a new driver and what makes you decide when it's time to upgrade? Okay. All right. Now we dive in. Dive in. You got any that stand out for you? Um, we got Jamie Miller here. Haven't upgraded since 2014. What I have in the bag works well for me and I trust it. There you go. And and that's that's a important thing that we are going to discuss in a second with Shay is confidence. You got to be confident. And if you've got a club that's giving you confidence, terrific. Um, my only kind of suggestion, my, my kind of like loose kind of prodding would be make sure you're not leaving something on the table. You know, it may be working for you, but 2014, actually there's quite a bit of, um, advancements that happen, you know, year over year. Uh, It's not like they just repaint the same driver and try to sell it. So from, you know, over this almost seven years, there's possibly some advancements in technology that you might be able to take advantage of, Jamie. So mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean you have to commit to buying the club, but it doesn't hurt to go out and hit something else. If it, if you feel like it's giving you less confidence than what you have now, by all means, stick with it. Yeah. But what if there is a club out there that you can have the same confidence, but 10 more yards? Right. Exactly. That's where sometimes it's leaving something on the table. Well, That's my own two cents anyway. Well, speaking of that, we got our own Eric Benzenberg, and I like to call him our own little nerd. I don't know if he likes that so much. But Are you using that in a very nice a very, way? very nice way because when it comes to golf equipment, he knows his stuff. Yeah. That's why he writes for us. So Eric responded, three years between drivers. He got fit. A year and a half later, the ball started flying really high. So he got re- refit during the offseason with some places, club champion, track man numbers. They showed huge increases in his club head speed, five mile per hour gain. Mm-hmm. His launch angle was 18 plus. Uh, his spin rate came down by 3,000. Um, old setup, he said, not optimal. New setup, rocket ship. And no, it doesn't surprise me because knowing Eric, he's been working on two things a lot. I've seen him working on his game and his fitness. Yeah, super speed and, um, and so training. So, you know, fit- any of those things could have changed the way he impacts right. the that's ball. True. And now he's hitting it high or whatever. And it's, I think that's another trigger to say, hey, it's time to, to, to take a look at something new is if you've made changes. Um, let's see here. What other ones look good? Love this shit. Let's see. At your booth, I have, I never have. Everything has been a hand-me-down. This year, I bought a six-year-old driver, the slider, with the upgraded shaft. I'd like something newer, but they're very expensive, so I'm also on a budget. I'd rather play golf. Hmm. Okay. There you go. 
Uh, Scott Walker says recently purchased a SIM, uh, which is an upgrade to the TaylorMade R11s over seven years old. New technology, surely uh, there's got to be a jump in performance. And yeah, that's like what I said earlier. That's it, yeah. I mean, at that point, you're going from seven years, seven years worth of, of driver advancements. Um, you're definitely going to be able to find a little something in there, I would, I would think. Oh, absolutely. And here's two opposite ends of the spectrum. We have Joy at Jeff Snoop 1908. Couple years usually in between drivers mm -hmm. uh, but you know last year's model but used to just so expensive he says and then on the flip side of that ryan donovan last season was the first time in 10 years i've upgraded all my clubs so probably another 10 years down the road so you got some people who like to do yeah. it every one or two years but they're they're a little hesitant now because the price has gone up so much versus the other say i love what i have i'm keeping it here we'll, we'll end on this one because it's a clear indicator that it's time to to change your club and by the way guys so many responses so yeah thank thanks. you brian o'malley says every time i snap my old one <laughs> <laughs> i guess brian then you sense. know it's time to, to change your driver I that's for it. sure um all right so let's do a quick word from our sponsors and then i want to bring shay on the show like i said he's an expert club fitter and again it's i always just have a lot of fun with these conversations because it's fun to get those different philosophies i feel like i could talk to 10 different club fitters and some of their responses would all be different um so it's it's interesting to find out what things kind of motivate different club fitters to do different things for different golfers right um so of course we want to thank this week's sponsor titleist guys the all-new pro v1 and pro v1 x have been completely reimagined from core to cover and in fact this is their first new dimple pattern and get this mike 10 years Mm -hmm. 10 years since they made a dimple pattern and it's no small change when they do that um if you guys didn't get a chance to see our recent video where we got to go out and test the new pro v1 and pro v1x check that out because uh it is great to hear from the mouths of the people actually making the golf balls what goes into it but they've got an all-new aerodynamic cover a casing layer and core technologies it provides golfers with longer distance softer field uh, softer feel more greenside spin and control and the difference between the two the pro v1 x delivers that low long game spin it's a little bit higher trajectory and the pro v1 uh gives you a little bit more of a penetrating trajectory so again not making not saying that one is definitely right for golfers versus the other I and mean, going into the whole idea of fittings it really comes down to having different ball options to make something work for everyone so go out there try them uh we just got went through our fitting i was incredibly impressed i i play the pro v1 what i loved about the new ball is that it's got a slightly softer feel you know it always had a soft feel but i used to be someone who aired towards the avx um but the pro v1 performed better with regards to trajectory for me so i was like if you get that AVX feel and that Pro V1, yep, you know, there you go. I'm going to be very happy, man. And you know, that's what they really did this year. So a little bit softer feel, terrific for around the greens, uh, but still getting that great ball flight, that perfect trajectory that I'm after. You guys got to try them to believe them. It's the all-new Pro V1 and Pro V1X. It's the next level of total performance. Always bring your best. I'm still going to take you down out there. <laughs> <laughs> i just can't wait to get out there man you have no idea uh but guys we want to thank footjoy who's seen our video recently about the new hyperflex by the way if you haven't seen it on our social channels awesome we had fun with that how awesome are those shoes love those shoes come on the all new hyperflex from footjoy guys it's here uh these things are tuned for golf what does that mean well it means footjoy focuses solely on the game 
of golf. So rather than use technologies from other sports, every detail is designed and developed with the golfer in mind. So starting at the top, I mean, we said it looks awesome. They have a mesh material um, that not only provides a great fit that forms around your foot, but it gives you the support. It's breathable. It's fully waterproof. I mean, it's That's giving you everything. That's what surprised me. That light, you look at it, and you're like, this is a There's very no way lightweight. There's no way it be waterproof. Right. Yeah. It's, but it is. It's got a two-year waterproof on it, but it doesn't It doesn't seem like it at all. It is lightweight, and it's like kind of a mesh material. Like a socky. Like you feel like this thing's going to get soaked. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, but they whatever, figured it out. Whatever they do, they do it right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they got the all-new Rapid Fit system. that features uh, that wrap that uh, the top of your foot. So it keeps you dialed in, precision fit, all while giving you more comfort and support through the swing. So speaking of comfort, the new Stratifoam, we highlighted that in the video, uh, this midsole delivers soft underfoot ride with the stability and energy, uh, return you, um, basically kind of keeps you connected to the floor. Yeah. Um, Which you want when you you're want swinging that. a golf club as hard as you can. I mean, you need that floor to swing, yeah. you yeah. know? So the Hyperflex is tuned specifically for golf and is available now in three laced versions and three with that rapid fit. Can we fit, talk about how Boa, I'm man. a big Boa guy I now. love that click, click, Me click, too. click. It's, just, it's so clean, no right. laces. It's clean, clean look, and you get that, that tight feel that you don't necessarily get with laces because each click is just that slight tight. You can yeah. really... You know, you know, excuse the pun, but you can dial it in. You can right. dial it. With that said, with that said, guys, shop uh, now at footjoy.com. Yeah, so let's uh let's jump right into our interview with Shay right now. All right, guys, so we're super excited to have Shay Satterfield. He's an expert club fitter and first assistant of instruction at Temecula Creek Golf Club on the phone. That is a, a mouthful of a title, but we are really happy to have you here. Shay, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. So first, one thing I want to, we are, obviously we're going to dive into club fitting. It's something that Mike and I have, have done before, and it's, it's, we've had some terrific experiences with getting our you know, clubs fit, and better performance, better consistency. Um, and we also have a bunch of questions that some of our listeners had submitted that we can get to in a minute. But before we do all that, I want to get a little bit of background on you because you actually have a, a pretty interesting journey that brought you to the game of golf. You got started a little bit later in life. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that story? All right. Well, I can uh, start back to where I all started. Um, I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, graduated from Wilmington High School, then went off to do a, a semester at Delaware State University. While I was there, I realized that uh, college wasn't for me for a little bit, so I decided to do a short stint in the U.S. Coast Guard. It was supposed to be four years, but it wound up being 20. <laughs> short <Wow>. stint, huh? <laughs> yeah. I was stationed predominantly on the East Coast. I lived in Puerto Rico, spent eight years in uh, Virginia and eight years also in uh, Florida, South Florida. And then I retired here in San Diego, California. Um, I currently live in Temecula, um, got into golf, uh, i say around 2008. I was on a training mission somewhere in Port St. Lucie, staying in a hotel that had executive course. Wind up having some beers with a couple other guys I work with and fell in love with it ever since. That you know what? That's how it, it often happens yep. that way. That's for sure. So you I mean, not only did you fall in love with the game and become someone who's plays the game, but ultimately getting to the point of you know, as an instructor and a club fitter. So what was it that made you decide that you actually wanted to pursue this as you know a career? Uh, like I said, you know, I went to college. Um, I left a little bit early. Uh, you know, I was sitting out because of sports, uh, basketball, football. I was an athlete in that. And then when I got out and got introduced to golf, I realized I'm not going to waste my talent. If I was able to play it and become good at it, I'm going to try my best. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I did. I, I, I invested money and time in getting lessons. 
uh, playing in tournaments. And once I realized I was able to make a living out of this, you know, I got into the PGA program. I'm currently level two. Hopefully I can be completed by 2022 and have my class A certification. Um, it's just something I realized when, you know, I learned when I was in the military, you set a bar and all of a sudden you just focus on that height. I told myself after I retired from the Coast Guard, I'm no longer going to set up a bar. I'm just going to see how high I can go. And, and that's what I'm doing right now. That's terrific. And um, as far as places to work go, there, there certainly could be worse situations than, than where you are right now. Beautiful uh, Temecula Creek Golf Club. Can you tell us a little bit about the facilities you have there? Well, as you, I'm not sure if you're worried. Uh, this golf course was purchased by a Pachanga uh, tribal group a few years ago. Um, we have over 127 rooms um, where we're constantly uh, improving the facility. We got our brand new cart fleet. Um, we're, it's a nice play, not too far from uh, the wineries. So it's a good stay and play place to come and play golf, enjoy the atmosphere, give you that old cabin resort type feel. Um, not too much of a um, busy area, but nice to bring the family and and enjoy yourself in a, in a beautiful, uh, I, I like to call it a tree atmosphere. There's a lot of trees on this property. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. And and uh, we've seen a, a boom kind of across the board in golf this past year. And I think that's kind of a silver lining to some of the things that have happened with the pandemic is that, you know, a safe thing to do is to get out there and play golf. And people are playing golf. Have you seen a similar thing there? Has it been busy? I mean, I, I heard a stat that you guys had done as many as 50 fittings a week is, you know, is that, have you seen like a real uptick lately? Yeah. Golf business is busy everywhere. I'm not really sure about the East coast right now. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, a little snowed in, yeah. <laughs> but golf is busy everywhere. You know, I, you know, I work for a manufacturer on the side and, and I know that everything that I had on the shelf is gone. Everyone's fighting to get product overseas and deport into the hands of the consumers. Uh, golf golf courses are filled with golfers, with walkers, and people that want to ride. Uh, so it's, it's booming practically every golf course from your, your par three courses to your executive courses to your full championship style playing courses. Uh, we have three nines here. Um, we average at least almost close to one, almost, I want to say 170. We had to tone it down a little bit just for safety so we keep our customers distance and keep social distancing in effect. But we average at a minimum, at least about 160 rounds a day. Sorry. Did we lose you there for a second? Yeah. I can, yep. I'm back here. I can hear you. Okay, great. Great. Okay. Well, yeah, no. So that's quite a, quite a few um, rounds that you're putting through. And like you said, it is something we're seeing widely across the industry. Um, but kind of like diving a little bit more into your philosophy and the way you work as an expert club fitter. Um, we have had the benefit of speaking with a number of different club fitters here on the show and also working with different club fitters. Uh, and also I, I think there's a, there's a wide disparity in what a club fitting is, you know, from one person to kind of the next. And I think that that's a, a question that comes up often for us from our listeners is if it's their first time going for a club fitting, they kind of want to know what to expect. So if we could just take it and have you talk a little bit about your own personal philosophy, what do you do? What's the process that you take uh, players through when they first come to you for a club fitting? Uh, one thing I like to make sure, let them know that, you know, I want to make sure I get the equipment that fits for them. Um, as a, as a PGA associate and part of the PGA program, I care 
a lot about improving the game and, and making sure people stay enjoying the game. So I want to make sure I get the right equipment for them. Um, a lot of times I'll, I'll look at the equipment they already have, uh, allow them to uh, make a few um, swings with the clubs they have, and then and then allow them to identify what clubs feel comfortable for them. Allow them to try it a little bit, and I ask them how does it feel, how does it look like, and then I, I get into the science of it. You know, like we have you know um, TrackMan machines, we have flight scopes. I utilize the TrackMan, and uh, I try to see, understand the science of it, see if their equipment is fitting them correctly. And if not, how can I use the new equipment I have to give them to fit them correctly and allow them to play the game longer and play it better? Gotcha. And you, having you there as the expert guide is is obviously the kind of the, the, the linchpin that holds it together. But one thing that you mentioned earlier that, that I like is you're kind of describing it as being a two-way conversation. You're, you're speaking to the golfer. The golfer is providing the information of what they want to do, what they're looking to do, what feels good, because there's a lot of subjectivity to it, too. We can have all the greatest technology and trackman and everything, but there's some subjectivity. The, the golfer has to feel confident. Um, but I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit more about that, what that it, how, how the conversation kind of flows, because I think that dispelling kind of a a fear that a lot of golfers have is they feel like they're just going to go and then someone's just going to basically talk at them and tell them, Hey, this is what you need. And I don't feel like a lot of golfers walk out with confidence unless they feel like they're part of that discussion. What's your, what's your feeling there? Uh, I, I like to get them comfortable first. You know, the, first of all, people come to me wanting to get fitted. They have equipment they've been using pretty much almost for four to three years, and now I'm going to handle a piece of equipment that I haven't even swung at all. So I need them to get comfortable and, you know, and do a, a true analysis, a true comparison. I need them to make the same swing they did with their club, with the club that I'm trying to fit them with. So I want to make sure they're completely comfortable and let them know that just an ordinary day of getting fitting. Um, I want to make them feel like I'm here to help them and, and see what works best for them. A lot of times people come and get fitted and they're just trying to see how far they can hit it. Um, you know, a good fitter, um, they'll look at find equipment that's going to help them improve and be more consistent with their equipment, allow them to improve their score and also enjoy the game. And that takes time um, to make a true comparison. You, you, you want to keep comparisons with the club they're using before and after and then show them the improvement they have with the new equipment that you're fitting them with. Gotcha. And, and and look, yeah, I think as you said earlier, distance, a lot of people we want more yardage and that's what triggers some people to get fit. But what are some of the other things that you would be your advice for golfers out there who either have not been fit or it's been a long time since they've been fit? What are some of the triggers that they should look for either in their game or with new equipment releases? What would things that would prompt them to say, now it's time, it's time to go in and get a fitting? I would like to see that see if they're if they're losing distance with their clubs or they're not or if their misses are inconsistent. You know, if they're missing one way to another, um, that can be a swing fault or it can be a, a club problem. Um, sometimes um, people can outgrow their clubs. Let's say they can become either stronger by working out more and, and become more athletic in the game, or they can tend to lose a little swing speed and realize they're not getting the same distance they used to. Maybe that that stiff shaft they had about two years ago is not good enough for them because uh, they're not strong enough or not swinging the same speed as before. So they might need to get a lighter shaft. Maybe 
they had an injury that they can't recover from. So the equipment they had before, they're not going to be able to use. They might need to look into getting something else. Mm. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying before about having that conversation with the golfer, asking, you know, are you actively ha getting lessons right now? Uh, are you changing anything with your physical fitness and, and anything that, like that that might change it? So when you do that, do you prefer to kind of fit the golfer to where they are now? Or do you put some degree of your fitting into looking forward. Like let's say a golfer says they're working on X, Y, Z with their coach. Would you factor that in so that they can kind of grow with the clubs or do you feel like it's more of a snapshot of fitting them to where they are right now? It's pretty much fitting them to where they are right now. I mean, obviously a, a year later you might be somewhere different in your game based on your, the instruction that you're receiving. But one of the things I asked the golfer, what are what is you looking for? Mm -hmm. um, are you looking for new equipment because you want to keep up with technology or are you looking for more yardage or are you looking for more consistency in your clubs? Um, these manufacturers out here, these make multiple clubs for for a plethora of type of players. Um, sometimes a, a gentleman that probably or a young lady probably had a club that um, they used to swing back in the day where they get so much yardage out of Now they're not generating enough swing speed where they might need a club with a little bit more forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So I'm always asking the, the customer, where exactly are you looking for? Um, you know, um, a lot of people don't know. So that's when I just put some clubs out there and let them fill it on their own and then go from there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that, that, that real guidance kind of comes in. And we've said this before to people, you know, you have to get a vibe for and, and a good feeling for who you're working with as a club fitter and if you feel like you know you're not being heard or it's not really a two-way conversation to me that's kind of a red flag of being like hey uh something something you know off here but you know if you're fortunate enough to work with someone like shay and you're seeing hey it's, it's a two-way conversation um he's listening to me and what i want to do and the reasons i'm getting fit but at the same time he's here to to guide me through that to me i think that's a big thing um while I have you, I want to ask some of the questions that came in from some of our, our um, listeners. Uh, Trent Peterson asked, he said, I'm looking to get fit for a set of wedges this season. And he said, is there a big advantage to getting fit outdoors on real grass? Or can a fitter get an accurate idea of my swing interaction with the turf if I do an indoor fitting this winter? Now, Shay, you're, you're fortunate enough. I think you're outdoors all year round. Um, but hopefully maybe you can kind of point in the right direction. Should he wait till spring or... You think he can get fit indoors for wedges? Well, my experience um, from just practicing and from trying to dial my own wedges is I realized that when you use mats, sometimes with even clubs, sometimes the club's going to bounce back up off the ground. You don't get that different response from a, from a mat versus grass. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely if you're trying to get dialed in with those clubs that you're going to be used for scoring, you definitely want to get those conditions that you're going to be using that club in my personal opinion um i definitely for myself i wouldn't want to be fitted on uh on turf artificial turf or mats for wedges irons uh give or take a little bit it's okay but for a wedge something that you're gonna use for scoring that's going to determine how well you can go you definitely want to use some type of a, a natural grass facility is that was that what your i haven't unfortunately had the uh the benefit of, of being there on site uh what is your facility at Temecula, is it an outdoor, do, where do you fit? Do you fit on the range? Is it like a, an outdoor, um, with real, you know, turf or how do you, how do you do that? Do you yes, fit we have, on we the have course or. Yeah, we have, we have grass and we have mat as well. Okay. So you're able to kind of adjust to whatever you need for the fitting. Yep. 
Gotcha. Okay. And once again, and once again, as a fitter, I mean, you, you can't fit on mats if you want, but there's a, there's a lot of consistency you have to have with that swing to make sure you're making the same swing uh, repetitively, so you can get you know, so you can deem what club is working for you. Um, there've been times when I've been trying to work on my wedge game um, and just using mats, and sometimes I can tell that the club is bouncing off the mat, so it's not really a true feeling. Um, so, like you, said, you can work off a mat if you want to. My preference for a wedge, I definitely prefer working off grass. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, Shay, Mike here. Quick question for you on, on my end. Um, <clears throat> and and you might have touched on this at the beginning, but uh, we've gotten fit uh, when we go with Kevin Sprecher at Sleepy Hollow. He sets an expectation before every fitting, um, and he'll tell us things like, "You're not going to be a PGA Tour player after you leave here. My job is just to make you stink a little less." You know, he sets that <laughs> polite goal. way of putting it. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's a polite way yeah. of putting it. But um, you know, he sets that expectation, and I know fittings for some people they could be new, they never been there, it could be intimidating. What kind of expectations do you set when someone comes to you? Is it like, "Hey, just hit a bunch of balls and let me see," or are you asking them those questions like, "Where's your miss? What do you want to accomplish? Is it dispersion? Are you looking for distance? How does it work?" Oh well, yeah, one thing I ask you: what's your what's your standard miss if you miss the right uh, for your driver? Uh, and and a lot of times I I try to see if. If, if you miss this to a certain way, be, is it because of the lying of the club or because of your swing? Um, right. My my expectation, I, I expect to see it. I expect them to see an improvement with new with new equipment, at least some type of improvement, either with ball speed, trajectory, or distance. Sure. Because um, science these days, manufacturers out here, they're they're making clubs so they can improve the player's game. Um, for some, for those who can't are not seeing improvement, then they have to go to the step where getting lessons first, then they start improving with the equipment. But I'm definitely asking them to see what their miss is. So if I do hand them a club, um, I tend to like uh, tell them not to look at it and make my adjustments and, and then hand it to them. Because a lot of times uh, people get fitted, they start making their swing work for them during mm -hmm. a fitting where I need them to swing like they're swing along the course gotcha yeah you almost wish it could be a blind test that you could like black out all the markings because it almost seems like no matter what people have like certain type of bias that they want to get fit like they want to be the guy who got fit into some sort of blade or into a xyz brand and then subconsciously you just end up like kind of trying to make it work more but that i guess is where the the eye of an experienced fitter such as yourself and the guidance kind of comes in of just saying like you know kind of eliminating some of those bias that every golfer has because every golfer in the back of their mind has a few things that they like the look of the club whatever it may be yeah especially with this when it comes to the driver shaft sometimes people you know mostly men certain percentage of them they want to have a a, a, they feel that if they have a, uh, a heavier shaft or a stiffer shaft, they can hit it farther, which in some cases, based on your swing speed, you can. Um, sometimes if I see a person swing a certain way and having a certain miss, I like to uh, just change the shaft out, tell them don't look at it, don't even think about right, it, just swing right. and how that feels. Uh, so then they can get understanding because if you, if you let them know something, they're trying to change it. So I need them to come. I need the the, the, the client or the customer to come in with a blindfold or a cell phone, not realizing what I'm giving them, just swing it and see how it works for them. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, jumping really quickly back into some of our listeners' questions. Uh, Hunter Browning said, 
does the style of the grip matter as far as performance of the club or is that just personal preference? And there was another question here uh, asking similarly if that changes any of the weighting um, because even being through and yeah. doing some of our own fittings, we know as part of that is there are grip options. Um, and, and some people don't think of that as being part of a fitting. So what's your philosophy there on, on grips and how much of that is performance versus personal preference? Obviously, you know, what changed the performance of the club is going to be the, the swing weight of the club itself totally. And, and most some good clubs might have a, a swing weight machine where they can uh, measure the weight of the club with the grip and everything on it. Um, uh, the preference of the grip uh, definitely makes a difference based on the size. Sometimes people with a smaller standard grip tend to have more hand action than those with a, a jumbo size grip um, where they can't really wrap their fingers all the way around. Um, the, the, the feel and the comfort of the grip is based on your preference. Some people like a soft feel because it makes them to have more of a, a relaxed grip on it versus uh, a grip that might be a little bit more firm, um, may last longer during play, but may give you a different feel where you might need to hold on to a little bit more. Yeah, And also the texture of the grip makes it for some people as well. And it's uh, that's goes back to that whole idea of, of the subjectiveness of feel too, because at the end of the day, if a if a club feels good for you as a golfer, and one, what feels good for me that might not feel good for somebody else, um, that's going to give you confidence. And when you have confidence, you're going to play better. So there's certain things that are are much less subjective, like maybe you know how one shaft works versus the other and looking at the trackman data but then there's other things that just might be whether it be the look of the club or as you said the softness of the grip something that just gives that confidence so i i guess you're when you're fitting you're looking for that you're looking for what makes someone feel confident uh yep it's, it's feel confident and feel comfortable mm -hmm. um you know if someone wears a size uh 12 shoe i'm not gonna give them a size nine or ten <laughs> right <laughs> right right Everything's about the, the right fit. Um, and lucky enough, some manufacturers, uh, um, they, they don't, when fitting, they don't have the option of putting different grips on. Um, they do have the option of having different grip size when using um, a fitting. Uh, but, you know, I'm definitely looking for what fits and what feel comfortable uh, for the customer. Not only because it's going to make them um, play better, but also they're, they're, they're buying it. So I want to make sure that they're happy. Um, there have been times that, I fitted someone for a club and they went the other direction, but I made sure I gave them my, my objective um, um, a preference on what they should get. And if they wanted to go with that one, I said, fine. Um, Sometimes you are going to find people that want to go the opposite direction of uh, what you recommend from, but they're, those are the customers. They, they want what they want. And sometimes you just have to uh, uh, let them choose it. That's just it. I mean, it's their wallet at the end of the day, but like you said, as long as you kind of voice, Hey, this is why I think something works for you. I mean, it's their decision, I guess, after that. Um, one last question from, from one of our listeners, Todd uh, Streestar says, uh, does a club fitting work to help compensate for some of my swing flaws or should I fix my swing flaws prior to getting fixed? And I'll add my two cents in here. If you wait to fix all your swing flaws to get fitted, you're never going to get fitted because we all have something we're always working on. But it is, it's a good question because it's a question we get kind of often. It's usually like this people have in their mind this kind of, 
tipping point, like a subjective tipping point, like once I accomplish this, then I'll go get fit. But what would be your take on that? Is there is there a certain point that they should be looking for or is fitting more of a, a fluid and moving process where maybe you get fit now, you continue to work on your game and you get refit down the road? What's your thinking there? Uh, it's it's kind of both. You know, you, you can look at an aspect where when, when I'm fitting juniors versus I'm fitting uh, someone a lot older where they're towards the end part of their career in golf. Uh, with juniors is one of the hard things to fit them for. They're almost in, the, in between that that stage of puberty, puberty for a club. And what I mean is uh, a light club might be too light for them and a heavy club might be too heavy for them. So it's almost trying to figure out the in-between because we know within six months to a year, they're probably going to be getting fitted again for newer equipment. Uh, and then you look at the people that are pretty much towards the end part of their career where their swing speed have diminished and they don't have the capability of uh, releasing the club properly. So you start looking at a club that might have an offset that allow them to help square that club face up um, and hit the ball a little bit straighter or have that slight little baby draw that everyone dreams about having. So it can go either way based on the age group you're having. But a lot of times, uh, you know, if you continue on working on your game, you, you should continue on getting fitting each time before you buy some new clubs. Yeah. And it's so funny as you're saying that I'm just thinking it hits on the highlights about how many different things can actually be fit in a golf club. Sometimes you think, Hey, it's, you know, one brand versus the other, but the reality is whether it be, you know, loft adjusting lie angles, um, the plethora of shaft options that are out there. I mean, it's almost like there's an infinite number of combinations that you have at your disposal. Yep. If, if you to dive too much to dive into the PGA side of it, you know, as a, a professional, you know, and when we're giving instruct, instructions to students, uh, everyone has a different body type. If you put five different people stand up against the wall and take a still photo of each one of them, you'll see one of them might have a more of a uh, more angle standing to the right side. Some might have a, a more stand to the left side. Some people might be a little hunched over around shoulders. Some people might have a long torso. Everyone has a different body type. So club manufacturers sometimes, if not all, make pretty much a standard club to fit the average person if that person has the average height. So when you walk into a, a fitting and, and you, uh, you're you standing about 6'3", I use my height, an average club's not going to work for you because you're a little bit taller. So you might need to extend the shaft a little bit. Obviously, when you extend the shaft, sometimes it, it causes a, a little uh, difference between the line angles. So you might have to go upright with the – with the club face to help balance it out. So when you swing the club, the club is bottom out at the proper spot. But everybody's body type, everyone's swing is completely different. And that's why fitting is very important when you're spending over $1,000 for equipment, especially when drivers these days are half the price of that. Yeah. And that's sometimes people lament at some of the prices of fitting. But I look at it the other way. If you are going to lay out $1,000 on clubs, why buy clubs that aren't fit for you? You could be swimming against the current, like you said. You know, maybe not even realizing it that the club is, and using your example, maybe too short for you because you're six foot three, and you laid out all that money, and you're not. It's not giving you the performance you want. To me, it's just it's like the difference of buying a fit suit versus one off the rack. You know, that little bit of difference makes really a world of difference at the end of the day. Um, but all right, Shay, before before we leave you here, could you tell us just a little bit more about if anyone is in the area down there by uh, Temecula Creek, how they can get in touch with you, if they can work with you for a fitting? I, I, I imagine your schedule is is pretty darn busy, but if they want to get in and, and get a chance to work with you, how would they go about doing that? 
All they need to do is uh, come into the golf shop here at Temecula Creek Inn on 44501 Ray Bocane Road, Temecula, California. Uh, ask for myself or say they want to get fitted. Um, or you can call the golf shop at 951-676-2405. Say, I want to speak to Shay and I'd like to get a fitting. There you go. Hey, it doesn't get any easier Easy than that. Well, Shay, listen, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today, answer some of our questions about club fitting and, um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Cause I, I think that as club fitting is becoming more and more in the general consciousness of golfers, I think it's something that's so much more popular now than it even was just a handful of years ago. And I think the sport in general is benefiting from it. You know, as you mentioned before, the technology that you have at your fingertips, the experience, it's all things that are helping golfers get better and as golfers get better they enjoy the game more and thus grows the game so keep doing what you're doing and it's great that you take a time here to, to share some of that experience with us i appreciate it thank you for having me on your show it's great having you and we'll talk to you again i'm sure soon all right take care take care take care Shane. All right. So that was a lot of fun. Um, guys, thank you to everybody who included your questions. I'm sorry that we can't get to all of them. You, so many of you submitted questions in the Facebook group. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, we have a limited time with some of the guests, so we can't quite get to all of them, but, um, great questions guys. And, uh, yeah, I think this, again, this is going to help hopefully whether you're someone who's considering getting a fitting for the very first time or if you're someone who's been fit before or getting fit regularly. And uh, it's always just a good idea, like I said, to get new takes, new, new, you know, different type of experience right. on things. And, and, and Shay, hey, I, how interesting is that? The guy did 20 years in the Coast Guard. And now he's getting into a new career. That's great. Yep. Club fitting. Mm -hmm. Very um, cool. It is very cool and very interesting sometimes how many different ways there are to, to get into this game. But it certainly got its hooks in, into to Shay. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And I got to get out there. Wine country. Never been. <sighs> Let me tell you something. If It's never seemed more appealing than it does right now with two feet of snow outside on the ground. Mm. Pachanga. We're putting it on our list. Yeah, we got to get Temecula. out there. Let's Temecula. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, again, thank you to Shay for coming on the show. Thank you to all of you for listening and we look forward to seeing everybody again next week. 